Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Finn Maniacs special announcement, special broadcast, emergency broadcast, very important broadcast. Something big is happening. We signed a right tackle. <laughs> I'd like to welcome my buddy, my friend, Savak, here tonight <laughs> to join me in my shenanigans as we're half asleep, but we're, we're tearing it up. How are you doing today, Savak? Not too bad. I would say shining like the sun, except it's about nine o'clock at night. But you know what? Still another day in paradise. <laughs> Always a day in paradise if you make it that way. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I like that. I like that. There's a lesson to be learned in there, children. Write that down. <laughs> Put a little star next to it. So Exactly. So our Miami Dolphins signed DJ Fluker. What do we know about DJ Fluker? Uh, not an, not a whole lot, unless you were paying pretty close attention to the, uh, the 2013 NFL draft. Now he is a former first round pick from said draft. I believe he made the all rookie team that year. And then he's goodness. Now he's uh, of the ripe old age of 30, which of course doesn't mean as much when you're talking about the positions like offensive linemen. So we're not as concerned about that, but the big defining feature of him, and emphasis on the word big is this man is massive. Let's talk about that. Six foot five, 342 pounds. This is a man mover, a mountain mover, a man that moves mountains, etc. So, uh, oh yeah, we also know that he comes to us from previously, of course, before the NFL, it comes to us from Alabama. So there's, of course, some, uh, some ties to Nick Saban and all that. Should be some familiarity there. I think we're pretty excited about that. And of course, what it tells us is, We've got depth in the offensive line. Tell me, what, what do you think about it? Well, I mean, for one thing, obviously there's a connection there with Matt Skura too, because they were both with the Ravens last year. So you wonder if that right. didn't have something to do with it. The one thing we know that the Ravens like to do is run the ball. And mm -hmm. that's what the Dolphins seem like they want to do. Now, they don't necessarily have the bell cow back to do it with yet. But that seems to be where they're aiming. And when you want to run the ball, 340 pounds leaning on someone who is sitting on an opposing sideline that's like 120 degrees because the sun's hitting it, while he gets to, while the 340-pound guy gets to go sit on an air-conditioned bench, it makes for one heck of a run game. It, just a little bit of a home field advantage, I would say. What do you think? I would have to agree. And when you're talking about a guy that massive and presumably that strong, his technique doesn't need to be perfect either. Like all you need, Hey, we need you to win that initial contact. Make sure you move that man before he moves you and he'll be opening up lanes. But it does raise a very interesting question. Cause now we do have to look at it. Cause like you said, we lack that bell cow back. So does this mean that Miami is going to pursue one and pursue one early. That would be a question I would love to know the answer to, and we'll find out in 10 days. <laughs> Today, I think Miami has done a heck of a job, and we keep saying this, oh, well, them filling this position or that position kind of means they're out of it. When you really look at it, they've done a really good job of anything they lost and incredible and not even things they lost, some things they didn't lose, adding the, the pieces so 
they can essentially go what they feel like is the best player available. Now, that's right. Is, is that the plan? I don't know, but that seems to be the way they're headed. And uh, another thing that came up, I, I don't know if you saw the reports or not, but there are rumors afoot that Chris Greer may not be done with that sixth pick and maybe waving it around to some other teams. Uh, ben- hey, on the contrary, they, they were calling him. <laughs> this is this is not like one of those situations where you've got a gentleman standing outside of the shopping mall with a trench coat and he's flashing everybody. They were calling asking for this. So there are teams that are definitely looking to get up there. And the question is, what are they trying to pursue? But I guess with before we can answer that, we'd have to know what Miami's plan was in trading back to six, you know? Yes, we would. And here's one, here's one just to throw out there that doesn't really fit, you know, any narrative, but it's just fun to talk about. Let's say (laughs) Miami does walk away with a haul. How do the Eagles, how do the Eagles feel? (laughs) (laughs) I think that sound about sums it up. (laughs) Oh, at least that's how we'll feel about the Eagles. I know they'll be pretty damn upset. I mean, but you know what? I've been very confused about the Eagles. I, I don't think there's ever been a more puzzling uh, franchise in my entire history of watching football, which admittedly is kind of short given, you know, compared to the grand scheme. But how do you, how do you let your head coach walk away who managed to win your franchise's first ever Super Bowl trophy and he did it with his backup quarterback? And right before you let him walk away, or no, a couple of coaches before that, but just before that, you let Andy Reid walk away. And then even better, even better, you fast forward now, and uh, the the story is that the uh, Philly Eagles brass wanted to get rid of Frank Reich when he was there, right? Of course, they didn't, Super Bowl whatever Frank Reich becomes a head coach. Now the guy that they bring in to replace Doug Peterson is the understudy, a man that worked for the man that they were initially trying to get rid of. You see, like you can't write it any better than that. You, you cannot, I mean, it's rough. I mean, on top, you, you top all that off, you know, the Eagles are in, you know, the worst division in football, but, I'll digress and let's get back to the Miami Dolphins and make fun of the Eagles later. <laughs> Although it's just so much fun and they make it so easy. They, they really do. <laughs> they, 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 they make it really easy. But uh, one of the other things that came up today, let's all try to put on a surprise face. Nick Needham's re-signing is official. I think this was the most, out of everything we haven't been expecting, this was pretty much the most expected thing we we saw coming for sure i mean, I mean uh, how do you not bring him back i mean he, he he's gonna be up there he's gonna be competing i think actually news came out a few weeks back that he was resigning and everything was done but i think the ink actually dried today is <laughs> all that's really being reported yeah it was made official today but otherwise i mean we all kind of knew it was coming there was really no reason to let him go and and it's not like we had to break the bank to keep him Exactly. You, you bring him in, you let him compete. You, you let the, the best guys win, you know, and, and that's really, that's really what they're going to do. They brought in just about every position you can imagine. Uh, they brought in an extra cornerback to, to fight for that slot. You've got Igbo, 
uh, last year's first round pick. He's been training with X in the off season. I'm glad because he's fighting to keep his spot. Exactly. I mean, I think there's a real competitive edge going on, but the team is helping each other out too, which is what you really want to see is you see all the players tossing the ball to each other. You see two out there with all the wide receivers and I loved, loved that by the way, great imagery. That's exactly what I wanted to see this off season. This, I think this is what we've all been waiting to see is a team that's actually coming together and is playing as a team. And you see them in the off season training together. Uh, you know, all of us, you know, kind of said, Hey, let's give Josh Rosen a chance. But when Josh Rosen had his chance, what did he do? He flew the, he, during his bye week he flew back to LA and went partying. No uh-huh. knock on the guy. Hope the best for him. Yeah, I really do hope he's uh, he's successful wherever the hell he is, except uh, he's probably about to be on his way out there as well, unless he's, you know, content staying as a backup. Yeah, which I think at this point he kind of has to be. I mean, and even even during the Tannehill days, I don't recall Tannehill ever doing a bunch of practices with the wide receivers. Not a whole bunch anyways, and especially not his uh, not not the off season going into his second season. Certainly not. So I, that, that's some of the stuff that's got us excited and really going forward on this. I really do look forward to this draft, though, because oh, yeah. they, ha- they have every position they've addressed except for is there a position we have not addressed in free agency? Running back. <laughs> I, I thought I believe we I'm pretty sure we addressed running back. Did we not? I don't think so. I know we got a got a couple wide receivers now. Unless you're talking about somebody who could maybe. Uh... You there? Okay, Jason, you're gonna have to uh, do a little magic on this one. I just lost Spock for a minute. I'm gonna pause it. So that's right. What was I saying? Uh, my mistake, everybody. We certainly did sign a running back. Mr. Malcolm Brown, formerly of the L.A. Rams. No, that doesn't necessarily move the needle, or as my wife likes to say, doesn't uh, make the kitty drip. But uh, <laughs> I thought you might like that one. <laughs> but uh, that that's not that that's not really going to change the uh, the configuration or the face of our backfield all that much so i still do think we're going to be trying to get one of these top prospects at that position which is something that we failed to do in the last couple years it is we i can't remember i mean have we really since the ronnie ricky show have we had a feature back at that level other than the one to two years we had ajayi no and ajayi he that i like that you pointed that out though the one to two years because that's about the the extent to which he was uh effective and unfortunately now that wasn't entirely on him although you know his his knee kind of was not agreeing with him so actually shit he should i hope he sent an edible arrangement to adam gase's house because he kind of owes him for that super bowl ring because they sent, sent him over there to Philly, and he, he basically rode the bench to a ring. So, <laughs> And he, he's got the – I don't think Gase has a ring, nor do no. I think Gase ever will unless, you know, water boys eventually are allowed to have rings. <laughs> no, you know, if, uh, unless Peyton comes back. <laughs> Peyton, <laughs> <laughs> unless Peyton comes back, that's uh, probably a wrap. I, I, um, I would – yeah, I yeah. think that's pretty much it. I, I – I think he's going to take the Philbin tree, go down, maybe be a position coach. 
mm-hmm. if, he, if he deems. But, I mean, he's got to sit out for a while to really get another chance because he's really burned that bridge. And we apologize, everybody. We know we're all over the place. Uh, but you signed up for this. Yeah. You hit play. You hit it's play. true. And I was not sent an itinerary beforehand. I was, I was called into action. I feel like I was called up. <laughs> from the bench <laughs> and i don't know the playbook so uh our apologies indeed but you did mention something there and amazed me uh, that that um kind of touches on something we were talking about a second ago when we were talking about the eagles i am very curious to see what happens with doug peterson because something tells me he's going to get hired somewhere else and he is going to be successful because i think he's probably a better coach than people like to give him credit for it for him to have succeeded as much as he did amid all that uh dysfunction within uh, the eagles franchise that's got to count for something so here is the portion of the program where drew gets booed so speaking of coaches you know i oh, think boy. you bring up a very good thing there but when you don't let a coach get the materials he wants the players he wants as mm-hmm. the as the tuna mm-hmm Old Bill used to say, if you want me to do cook the dinner, I, you need to let me buy some of the ingredients. That's fair. And when we look back at one known as that relates back to who we just signed, Saban, <laughs> what did he want for AQB? He wanted Drew Brees. It has since come out that he purpose he he actually had other doctors check Drew Brees out and they said he was fine but he didn't feel he had the power to go to the owner and just say, you know, shenanigans. Mm-hmm. So when, and when you're looking at this, when you're not able to get the players you need and the players you want for your system. And that seems to be what was happening with the Eagles. You tend to run into a lot of that. And, and, and we've kind of seen that play out over and over again. Mm-hmm. You see a coach, he's built the team and the G, the G- GM just they don't have that uh what's the word I'm looking for it's not matching up yeah there's a certain word I'm looking for I can't think of it right now I'm not a walk at the source but <laughs> why the hell not <laughs> well it sucks I have I have a full-size dictionary here but I don't have a, th- a thesaurus so can't really help you there but I do I do know what you mean though I believe I see what you're getting at uh there's a there's a certain kind of um Oh, though I can't even I can't think of the word either. See, we told you guys we we're jumping in here kind of late and unprepared, but uh, there, <laughs> there's a certain kind of uh, synergy that happens when you've got a head coach and a GM in lockstep. And that seems to be what we've got now for the first time in good God, how long? A couple decades? Easy. It Easy. seems like we finally have that. And I really love what we're seeing here. I have been in love with this whole staff from the moment they turned the reins over from the moment, Mr. Ross turned the reins over to Chris Greer, because I always said this man would be a good GM. If he moved all those jackasses out of the way. Okay. Look what happened. The second they uh, reassigned Mike Tannenbaum, I love the way they put it on. Uh, uh, on uh, it was probably uh, I don't know. It was one of those show. The one of those shows on TV. They reassigned him to executive vice president of jock straps or whatever. <laughs> From the moment that happened and Chris Greer took over, this franchise has been moving in the right direction. Now, is every move going to be a great one? No. But there is a clear, concise plan. 
the risk and the rewards. Okay, so let's go back to the Jeff Ireland days, right? Where you trade up to the, interestingly enough, to in the 2013 draft. Oh, my God. <laughs> you trade up to number three for a Dion Jordan. You take a huge shot. I mean, they didn't pay an, a huge amount, but they still gave up a decent draft pick. I want to say it was a third to move up in a horrible, horrible draft. Mm-hmm. Now, let's cross out with the kind of risks that Chris Greer's taking. Hey, I'll swap you seventh round picks. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to talk about this, but, and we'll take Isaiah Wilson. And I already know, I don't owe him any money if this doesn't work out. And we walk away scot-free. I just got to wait a year before I get my seventh round pick back. Yeah. It's no harm, no foul for anybody. I mean, exactly. Titans, we're going to take that risk anyways. We'll see what we can do. And it didn't work out. Boom. Done. We move on. But he keeps taking those small risks, hoping they pay off. He signs a Zach Sealer, seeing if something will pay off. And it did. A lot oh, of people, man. I mean, how many UDFAs are on this team that, you know, really kind of struggled somewhere else? The number may shock you. The number may. I don't and have it on me, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't either. But, I mean, we've, we've got more than we've definitely seen in the past. Mm-hmm. on a, Especially those that hang around year in, year out. For sure. But everybody's still fighting for that position. I'm really interested to see what positions move back and forth this year. The one position we have not moved on at all is defensive end. Mm-hmm. So that would be the one thing I, I'm wondering going into the draft if – they're going to try to address, but here's my question. You've got, okay. Ty, you've got Tyson render, you know, we were just talking about UDFAs. That's right. You've got the Strobridge, which you may lower at will. And both those are on the roster and they saw these guys develop. And simultaneously they sent Shaq Lawson for a good trade with that, with the Texans uh, got Bernard McKinney back. And just cut Kiko. Sorry, I'm having flashbacks to 2019. I was about to say (laughs) Kiko Alonso. Oh, throwback. Yeah. As opposed to Kyle Van Noy. Uh, They cut who I I know some people want an excuse to be mad at Kyle Van Noy. I'm not mad at him. There's really nothing he can say that's not going to upset everybody. He literally said no comment and got everybody upset. So, you know, let him move on. He got cut. I mean, and honestly, you know, whenever you get fired, nobody likes that. So, but he's not being petty about it. So we'll we'll let that go. But when you look at, you got Strobridge, you've got Render, both of them sitting there. They both watch them both develop. They had Strobridge uh, dress a couple of times. I believe they had Render dress once, but I'm not going to quote myself on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you've got these guys that they dressed, that they were ready to go. Maybe they saw some development there, and we're going to start seeing some of that, you know, Patriots South that we used to see with the Patriots, where you see these guys and they sit on the bench, and all of a sudden, two years later, you're like, Tyson Rinder just entered the game and got his third sack, and you're like, what the heck is a Tyson Rinder, you know, or whoever <laughs> whoever the guy is with the Patriots, you know? So, uh-huh. and I, I think we maybe start seeing some of that because, as much as we could say, you know, they made a conscious effort to get. Fill every other position. Mm -hmm. Essentially, what we can see is they had made a conscious effort to do one of two things. One, become a 3-4 team. That's right. Or two, 
intend to stay with that flexibility, but they decided not to sign any other defensive ends because they felt they were good for whatever reason. Uh, maybe because they're using multiple formations. I mean, there's is, he's kind of got this um, – uh, he being Brian Flores, kind of seems to have this hybrid type of defense where he's got guys moving around a little bit. And so it might mean that the defensive end position is not as important if you have linebackers that can also pass rush. But I guess that's going to remain to be seen. But uh, in terms of what might be available in the draft, I mean, there's a number of guys and uh, quite a few of them should probably drop pretty far, especially considering we already know uh, the first, well, three picks are going to be quarterbacks for sure. And then four could possibly be one. And then after that, of course, it's going to be a pro- likely a mad dash on all the uh, the skill positions. Everybody wants to buy a weapon this year because there's a bunch available. There is a huge amount of weapons available, and they come in all sorts and sizes and route runners and speed guys and guys that are just going to go up and fight for the ball and tight ends that really are kind of aren't tight ends but can play the tight end and can actually do the blocking funny, man yeah it's it's interesting tight ends that are like the size of tight ends but they move like wide receivers like <laughs> this is uh it's kind of a wild draft i'm pretty excited to see how this shakes out i am so excited and honestly i mean to me if and, and once again i'm not getting my hopes up Mm-mm. because the one thing we know about the dolphins is we don't know Yep. And if you think you know, you're probably wrong or you're really lucky. Uh, if you think you know, you're likely two steps behind them. Yeah, you, you, you just figured out what they wanted you to figure out so they could make their next move. That's right. <laughs> so, but I imagine this, this offense, all right, you get Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Gusecki, Kyle Pitts, you line everybody up. You have you're running back in the backfield. Maybe a uh, Miles Gaskin. We all love some Gaskin. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let him get in the backfield and do some Gaskin Robbins. But <laughs> you, you get oh, them all. You, you get them all lined up in the backfield, and then you decide. Okay, who are they sending out? Okay, they're sending out three, three, five personnel. Okay, so they're gonna send out some extra secondary players. They're going to go small and try to protect the pass. Okay, we're going to run the ball down their throat. Yep. And then the exact opposite. Okay, they just sent a bunch of linebackers out. Okay, we're going four wide. Or actually, what what the heck? We'll take Gaskin out there, too. We're going to go five wide, and we're just going to throw the ball around you, and your linebackers are going to have to cover like they've never covered before. And we (laughs) dare you to stop it. And I just – I would love to see an aspect of that – of a game like that to where – they could really start causing those conflicts on offense the same way they are on defense. Mm -hmm. And I, now obviously we don't know who's going to get picked. And by the time everybody's listening to this, if they get to this week from now, they'd be like, what a moron. I knew it wasn't the pick, you know, because everybody knew that I was wrong. You know, (laughs) once the draft has happened, they're like, I always knew he was wrong. I, didn't I knew it. I the draft, but we knew he was wrong. <laughs> that does seem to be how it is. Everybody's a freaking expert after all the picks happen. I knew they were going to take him. I knew this guy was full of shit. I knew he didn't know what he was talking about. That's That always seems to be the way it is. But I'm going to be happy no matter who we pick, as long as we get some weapons. And uh, the reason for that is 
I'm very confident in the staff that Miami has. Like, uh, I think that it's pretty neat that both Brian Flores and Chris Greer kind of got they got their starts in a very similar way. They both came up through the New England Patriots scouting department. They were both scouts and then went two different directions. Very, very true. And initially Brian Flores kind of saw himself going that same direction, which makes it kind of interesting. So as we speak of the one coach flow, here's a thought. Do you think maybe he spent most of last year trying to get his defense right? And this year, maybe there's going to be more of an eyeball on the offensive side of the ball, trying to make sure we got what we need for said QB, starter, franchise, hopefully future, or else we'll cry a lot over a lot of years. So we're all pulling for two. Not too many. Not too many. Don't worry, everybody. The, this is something I've been stressing since last year, because if I'm being completely honest, and I'm sure – Oh, I'm sure this is going to come back to haunt me, but I didn't necessarily want to. I didn't think drafting him was was a was that good of an idea. But and do listen carefully. If we build a great team around him and he doesn't work out, we can plug another quarterback in there and it'll be okay. Congratulations, Savak. <laughs> They're coming for us now. I'm sorry. <laughs> With that said, I said very similar before we drafted Tua. I think every, everybody's on the same boat. Build the team around Tua. Do what you've never done. I mean, we can say what we want about Tannehill. We all have our opinions, but the team was never built around Tannehill. It happened to fall into place the one year. And he got hurt. Yep. But the team was never built for Tannehill. So build the team around whatever quarterback is there and then see what you have. Because until you do that, the quarterback is never going to be successful. And that's why we see so many quarterbacks wash out. Mm-hmm. We're never going to know what, you know, if Sam, Sam Darnold doesn't get another chance, we're not going to really know what Sam Darnold was because he never had a team around him. That team was in shambles and I, I'm, I'm not defending the jets. I'm glad they're <laughs> crushing the jets. No, on the contrary, they're, they're, they've been a disaster piece for a long time at, you know, much to our entertainment. Cause uh, that that's great. It, we can always guarantee ourselves at least, at least one win in the division. <laughs> uh, when, when you saw the announcement of Gase, how many other freaking times did you have to check to make sure that was a real announcement? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's true. And I, I felt so bad too. Cause I have a really good friend who's actually a Jets fan. And I called him. I'm like, bro, I can't believe they just signed. They just hired this man. Did they not just watch? I could have sworn you guys had a front row seat to this. Like, <laughs> There's no figuring that out. I, I'll never figure that move out. I don't think if we examine it for a million years, I don't think, I think there's maybe like two or three teams in the NFL that could understand it. And they're dumpster fires too. That's right. But let's, uh, I think we've covered everything we we meant to set out and cover and a bunch of stuff we did. We had a good convo. Sure did. Uh, Any last words for the folks at home? Platypus. Platypus. (laughs) For those of you who don't know at home, platypus is the code word right before the Dolphins are going to make a trade. (laughs) So y'all check tonight. Wake up in the morning, check the news, and you're going to see those googly eyes. 
And you know what? All that means? Absolutely nothing because we don't know what we're talking about. But we at yep. least admit that. We don't have any sources. That was 110% nonsense. So if something does happen, no, it was purely coincidental. But if it is really good, we're going to say that a lot more often. That's right. I'm going to say it as much as possible. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you for uh, tuning in for this very special, and, and we are definitely going to go with special episode of Finn Maniacs. Absolutely. <laughs> we really appreciate y'all logging in, uh, taking your time, listening to us. Uh, we're really excited. We're really looking forward to this season. Finn's up. Have a good night or day, whichever. <laughs>